Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. And again, you are listening to Community Matters. State Senator Josh Borrello shares with us his thoughts on Governor Kathy Hochul's proposed state budget. Governor Kathy Hochul presented her 2025 state budget on Tuesday, January 16th. It's a $233 billion spending plan. We have State Senator George Borrello on the line with us today. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good to be back with you. So it is the beginning of the year. We usually talk around this time about, you know, the, the governor has her state of the state address. She has her budget address. And I really, I was interested in your reaction probably to both, but really I want to know what your thoughts were on this proposed spending p- plan. Well, you know, I have to say, you know, again, we're doing a record-breaking budget, uh, $233 billion. And, uh, you know, there were still uh, some a lot of disappointments in this. First and foremost, um, I, I would uh, say that uh, the thing that sticks out the most She's allocating $2.4 billion, billion with a B, uh, to New York City to address the uh, self-created migrant crisis. And I say self-created because New York City remains a sanctuary city, which means that if you come to New York from anywhere in the world, uh, we will protect you. We will protect you from federal authorities. Uh, we will house you, feed you, health care, educate your child. And as a result, uh, New York State welcome mat has brought you know, just tens of thousands of people to this state. So um, meanwhile, she's cutting things that are going to be important to us in our area. Uh, For example, she's taking away the save harmless, hold harmless for our school districts, which means that uh, particularly our rural school districts that have lost population are also going to lose funding. And uh, she she said in her State of the State address under the questions that she will decide which school districts get extra money and which don't. So she's weaponized and, and politicized funding for our schools while giving away billions of dollars to New York City. And, and a $4.3 billion structural deficit, to put that in perspective, last year in our budget, we gave $2 billion to New York City to address this self-created migrant crisis and another $2.4 billion this year. So essentially, New York State is going into debt to cover for New York City's uh, ridiculous um, sanctuary city status. So uh, if the governor uh, should, should first and foremost demand that New York City will not receive another dime until they roll up that welcome mat and and rescind the sanctuary status. Mm-hmm. With, with that, um, as you know, I've talked talk to County Executive P.J. Wendell about it and, you know, thinking about solutions for dealing with this. And one of the things he said, it's, it's too bad that the state and the city couldn't put that sanctuary status on hold for a year so everyone could kind of regroup and figure out what we're going to do. Um, is this, do you have any ideas for how do you deal with this migrant solution, uh, crisis that we are experiencing in the state? Well, I would imagine that if New York State, and keep in mind, by the way, New York State is a sanctuary state, as well as New York City being a sanctuary city. The difference is the sanctuary status at the state level was done by executive order by Andrew Cuomo in 2017. That means that Kathy Hochul, with literally the stroke of a pen, could undo that 
and she has yet to do that. But yet she's created a state of emergency, uh, which allows her, by the way, to do things like give away no-bid contracts, uh, you know, which happened with DOCO and others. So, uh, so, um, so the question is, how do we deal with that? First and foremost, we deal with it by not asking Washington for money, but demanding that Joe Biden secure our border. We go back to uh, the policy of, you know, if you're caught coming across the border illegally, you were, you were turned around and sent home. Now, that's a federal issue. At the state level, the, the governor certainly would have the ability, and, and the mayor of New York City would have the ability uh, to say that, uh, that this has to happen. Uh, quite frankly, uh, New York State sends a lot of money to Washington, D.C., and they could start saying that, uh, you know, we're not going to send that money in the form of taxes and, and other things until this, uh, you know, until this border crisis is addressed. So I, what I'm saying is New York City and New York State uh, has the power and the leverage uh, to say to the federal government, uh, you need to do something about this. You need to secure the border. And that's the stance we should be taking, not to the idea that we're just going to keep the spigot open, keep thousands and thousands of people streaming across the border, border, ultimately ending in New York State, and that we just want more money to address that. Quite frankly, there isn't enough money out there to address it if we, if we don't stop this flow of, of people coming to the United States illegally. I want to go back to something you mentioned about education and in terms of how funding uh, has been handled in this proposed budget. And um, I don't know if we're talking about the same issue. I remember reading something. I don't know if it was four districts within school districts within your district that you represent maybe faced with losing some educational funding. Is this the same thing you were mentioning, this program that is ending? Yes, that's correct. That's the, uh, the whole harmless. You know, we have what we call our school aid runs. And some, some school districts did, did better than last year, some did not. But there was always this uh, agreement where this hold harmless um, that schools would not lose that aid. And now, like I said, the governor has taken that away. And uh, doing that across the state, I think, amounts to roughly somewhere in the area of 250 to $300 million. Uh, so, again, we're going to starve some of our school districts of funding what, what accounts to just a drop in the bucket compared to the $2.4 billion she's allocated in New York City for this self-created migrant crisis. And that should outrage every New Yorker, everyone who's concerned about our educating our children. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, I'm, I know that the budget is wide and varied and has so much in it. Is there anything that you found that was a positive sign of things that are funded or maybe have increased funding? Yes, uh, there were. Even though she's not mentioned in her address, she did mention in the budget details about trying to address the harmful algal blooms and other water quality issues. We know that, uh, that certainly Chautauqua Lake and others are stressed uh, with uh, the impact of harmful algal blooms and other uh, water quality issues. So you know that w- it was good to see her paying attention to that. Uh, I, I, we can thank the, the local coalition, including Chautauqua Institution and the county government, uh, myself, Assemblyman Goodell, and and many other stakeholders that have tried to, you know, send the message to the state government that this is something that needs to be addressed, not just here, but but across the state. It, it appears that she's listening. Um, you know, there were other, there were some other, uh, I, I thought, worthwhile uh, uh, w- initiatives, but she's going to face a lot of opposition. You know, she talked tough. The governor talked tough in her state of the state about addressing retail crime and, you know, the uh, shoplifting, uh, you know, the real crisis, shoplifting crisis that was created uh, by the cashless bail that the Democrats passed when, when they took control of, of the state Senate back in, in 2019. Um, and, uh, again, once again, a self-created crisis. Well, she talked tough about this, but I was there at her, at her State of the State address, 
And when she started talking talk about locking up criminals uh, and closing down illegal pot shops and taking dangerous uh, mental people with mental health issues off the street, um, there was crickets from the Democrats in the room. Not even polite applause, quite frankly. Uh, so that uh, tells you that there's not going to be any support uh, from the supermajorities in both the Senate and the Assembly to restore public uh, safety and, and, and law and order because they just don't want that. They, 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 they quite, this is why they passed cashless bail. This is why they continue to pass more and more so-called criminal justice reforms that are, that are making New York State a far more dangerous place than it was just five years ago. So there, she's going to have to have the political will uh, it's not just about money. She's going to need to have the political will. And we, I support her in that. I support her in, in standing up and saying enough is enough, uh, that we have to take, get this under control. I mean, we should, instead of locking up toothpaste and baby formula, uh, we should be locking up criminals. And uh, we will, myself and my Republican colleagues, will certainly be behind her, uh, but she will need uh, the political will to push back against her party on this. Mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned in there with that comes along with the public safety initiatives is how she's dealing with mental health. And it sounds like she's uh, putting more money into mental health issues in the state. And I want your opinions on, on what she's proposing. Yeah, first of all, yes. Uh, she's talking about expanding mental health evaluation beds. That is some, something that across the state has been a problem. Uh, up here in the north end of the county, we lost Lakeshore Hospital a few years ago. And along with that were the mental health evaluation beds uh, that are so critical, particularly to our first responders, when they find someone uh, in a mental health crisis, they need to take them somewhere. And right now, the, the number of beds are very few, and they have been shrinking over the last few years. So I, I think that's uh, a, a positive step. But um, you know, on the other side, she has, uh, you know, she's unfortunately been, um, you know, dismantling our healthcare system. You know, we, we look at Brooks Hospital, the new Brooks Hospital has yet to be built. That money has been held back. So. She needs to look at a holistic view of mental health, and it's not just about throwing more money at it, but but actually making sure that we have the infrastructure in place to handle those things. Uh, in addition to that, once again, we go back to the political will, the spine, to stand up to her uh, fellow Democrats who don't believe uh, we should be addressing this and we shouldn't be uh, locking people up for any reason, uh, whether even, even if they have uh, mental health issues that make themselves a danger to themselves and others. So. Uh, that's a concern once again, um, yeah, but uh, yes, there is talk from her about allocating funding for this. Uh, that's just the beginning, but I certainly do support that. With Brooks Hospital, uh, you know, I, I've heard over the last you know, couple of years that there's been a variety that at one point it was the state said they were waiting for a plan from the hospital, and then on the other hand, I heard that the plan has been presented maybe, and that the, the state just hasn't released the funds. Do you have a sense for where things stand there? Is it just the waiting for the funds from the state, or are they, is there some back-and-forth information that is still required? Well, if you uh, rewind it just a couple of years ago, we were not united uh, in this area. Uh, myself and Assemblyman Andy Goodell uh, put together a uh, uh, Blue Ribbon Task Force to look at the proposal that uh, Brooks Hospital put forward for their new hospital. It, it was a cross-section of people from around the county, uh, many of whom were professionals in, in, in health care and finance and others. And uh, that commission put forth its uh, recommendations, which we submitted to the state. Uh, we also recently uh, submitted a letter to the governor's office where everyone was united. Uh, literally uh, almost every uh, elected official um, in the north end of the county uh, signed on to this. 
to show that there, you know, there, if there was any perceived division or differences of opinion on where the hospital should be or, or what it should look like, that we were united. And I think that those efforts have, have uh, made great strides. Um, I've been working with uh, the folks at Kaleida uh, and others to try to uh, you know, push this forward, as, as well as Assemblyman Nadell, who really was, was uh, the person behind uh, creating this, uh, this task force. Um, so we've worked together uh, along with the county executive and uh, the mayors in both Dunkirk and Fredonia and in many others uh, to, to try to send that message of unity. And uh, it seems to be helping, and I'm hopeful that we'll get some good news in the near future on, on the New Brooks Hospital. Great. So looking forward, the state Republicans have announced that they have a legislative agenda for 2024 called A New Hope for the Empire State. And I, and I did notice the Star Wars reference in there. I'm a fan. So of course, <laughs> I appreciate that. But it, as, an, as an, an, a legislative agenda is, what does it involve? Well, honestly, it's about, you know, basically uh, making New York State uh, safer uh, and more affordable and reining in um, the, the New York State's government's spending and, and its attack on our basic freedoms. You know, we have um, a, a package of bills that include things like permanently capping state spending. You know, they, uh, uh, the state government has, has mandated that local governments and school districts stick to that 2% tax cap, but New York State government hasn't, hasn't uh, stuck to that cap. Um, you know, we, we were, we're concerned about um, these incre- tax increases, and even though the governor has pledged that she won't inc- increase income taxes, there are plenty of other taxes out there. Uh, and I also believe that um, once again, my Democrat colleagues will not will, will not stop at uh, holding the line on taxes as when when this final budget is is, is announced. I, so that's a concern. Um, you know, New York State has a real problem with borrowing. You know, we, you know, we and. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, essentially uh, backdoor borrowing that's, that's going on, and we needed to, to rein that in. Uh, you know, there's there's just we're seeing a mass exodus of people here in New York State, and we have to turn that around. Uh, and that's really by making it uh, more, a more favorable business climate, and making sure that people want to you know own and operate a business here, that people want to raise their their, their families here, um, and uh, you know we need to do that by giving a, a, a bigger tax cut to the middle class, and that's one part of our proposal as well. Uh, you know, there's uh, other issues out there, uh, easing the, the, the burden of Medicaid on our localities. You can talk to the county executive or anyone in county government about, uh, as I spent, I spent 10 years in county government, and I can tell you that, you know, the Medicaid, the cost of Medicaid eats up 50 cents of every property tax dollar uh, here in, in Chautauqua County just for the local share of Medicaid, a program that's 100% controlled in Albany. Uh, and just in general, in, in transparency, you know, Kathy Hochul came in uh, saying she was going to have a new era of transparency, but the, the unfortunately her her administration has been just as opaque, if not more opaque, uh, than Andrew Cuomo's. So that's another part of of, of our of our plan. Uh, we have to push back against this ridiculous uh, uh, you know electrification uh, boondoggle that we're going to somehow <clears throat> we're going to throw out the uh, reliable forms of energy, reliable affordable forms of energy like natural gas, <clears throat> and try to replace it with. Uh, you know, all renewables, which is just not going to work, uh, particularly here in New York State. So those are just a, a few of the things. Um, and the bottom line is that, you know, the governor has talked about, you know, incentivizing housing and <clears throat> and so forth, but the reality is the, the way to uh, to make housing more affordable in New York State is to make New York State more affordable. And that's the overarching uh, message, uh, is that we need to make New York State a more affordable place for people to want to, to live, to, to run a business, to retire, or whatever it might be. Uh, and, and that has to be our our goal 
because we are shedding people faster than anyone in, in the nation. And it's having a, uh, now it's finally having a, an impact on New York City, right? Before it was all, that was always an upstate problem. Now, in the last uh, two years, uh, it's actually New York City that's lost the most population, uh, more so than upstate. So this is a problem now even for, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the upscale parts of, uh, of Manhattan and, and everywhere else in every corner of the state. I think there are some state representatives who have mentioned a, maybe an interest in doing a study on why this loss of population is happening. Are you someone that agrees that a study needs to be done, or do you think it's pretty apparent? Well, I think it's apparent, but I think it's, what a study will do is it will actually identify the, 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 uh, the root causes. Now, that, that is a bill, actually, that one of my colleagues uh, introduced, and I am a co-sponsor, to, to create uh, essentially an out-migration out, out study. Uh, I don't know that it's going to get any traction with the Democrats because obviously, um, if the study is done fairly, uh, it's going to point to bad policies that that have driven people out of New York State. It's going to point to high taxes. It's going to point to you know, loss of liberty. It's going to point to the quality of life issues uh, like uh, higher crime uh, and uh, and an unaffordable state. Uh, that that and those are those are things. Those are the obvious things. You're right. But if that can be put down on paper in the form of a study. Uh, it, it may have an impact, but my 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 guess is is the governor and her Democrat colleagues don't want to hear the real reasons why they they want to continue to push their agenda forward uh, rather than uh, doing the right things to to turn things around here in New York State. You mentioned that you're co-sponsoring that, but I wondered if there's any other uh, legislation that you're going to be part of or bringing forward yourself this session. Yes, we uh, we continue to try to uh, uh, correct issues with the Nourish New York program, which is an incredibly successful program that helped our farmers uh, and helped um, uh, food banks and people suffering from food and you know, security issues across the state. It's been mired, um, unfortunately, in in uh, bureaucratic red tape at the Department of Health. Uh, so uh, this is you know this is something that we will we're going to continue to push forward. Uh, I am uh, pursuing a bipartisan effort. Uh, to uh, to create legislation that will uh, remove policy in our budget. This is a, this is a uh, uh, this is something that started uh, you know twenty more than twenty years ago. Uh, the idea of putting um, what is oftentimes are controversial policy issues uh, into a budget, uh, our budget, our state budget. And the bottom line is, a budget is about the numbers. It is about allocating funding, and it should not include controversial. Uh, issues that are hidden in, a, in these big budget bills. So uh, it provides cover uh, uh, for people uh, that say, well, I voted for the budget uh, because th- this was in there, even though it may, the policy that was in that particular part of the budget may be bad for their constituents. So we need to remove policy from the budget, and, and big issues should be discussed, discussed, debated, and voted on independent of the budget. All right. Anything else that you have for personal goals or anything else that you'd like to tell us about that's coming up for this year? You know, uh, I, I, we will continue to be in our office uh, uh, responsive to our constituents. You know, that's always the goal. The goal is for us to provide those constituent services. You know, one of the most difficult things is when someone gets caught up in the bureaucracy and red tape of state government uh, and they have nowhere to turn. And uh, our offices. Uh, in James here in Jamestown and in Olean and Albany, we address those constituent services every day. Uh, and uh, whether it's um, having trouble, you know, getting a license, uh, you know, to uh, you know to be able to, to you know to be a, a, a hairstylist, or whether it's something uh, you know bigger that has uh, you know we've had issues getting unemployment insurance. There's other issues out there. 
um, that is always the goal is to expand our uh, our uh, commitment and uh, and our effectiveness in, in those constituent services. Uh, last year, uh, we, we we closed more than two thousand cases, uh, and uh, that's the hard work of, of a small but dedicated staff of people that that allowed us to do that. And we will that is certainly a goal to continue to do that. As far as Albany, um, you know, I. Uh, uh, I will continue to be, uh, uh, a, uh, I guess, a leader in, de- in debating issues that are important to my constituents. Uh, you know, we recently had a discussion um, in one of the committees that I was in, uh, that I'm on, rather, about uh, uh, the Banks Committee, where I'm the ranking member, uh, about a piece of legislation that we debated in that committee on the floor, and as a result, the sponsor uh, made some significant changes to that bill uh, as a result of the, the things that came out in the debates. That's an important part about this. I often hear, you know, you know, why are you doing this? You're beating your head against the wall. You know, the bill's going to pass anyway. But people should know that um, we are able to affect change, uh, whether it's just through you know, basic outreach uh, to uh, to the the bill sponsors, or it's you know engaging in debate and discussion in the in, the, in committees and, and on the floor. But we but that is another important uh, part of the job is to ensure that we. Um, expose what are sometimes unintended consequences of these bills and try to at least make them better than they were. I wish you luck going forward with reviewing this budget. I know it's a heavy lift, but uh, I want to thank you, of course, for talking and, and telling us more about what is happening with this uh, budget on your side. And I, I look forward to catching up with you when hopefully hopefully in early April uh, and everything uh, that's happening with the budget. Yeah. Look forward to coming back on with you, and uh, thank you very much, and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners.